This is my weapon. This is my gnome stick! Ah! Ah! I really like it a lot. Thank you so much. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode 120. It's a multiple of five. Yes, so that means it's your episode, this mm-hmm. episode, for your movie of the week. I'm Larry, your host of My Bleeding Ears Podcast, and with me today is Jesslyn. Hello. Oh, man. My goodness. I know, I just burped a little there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, stuff in the world is... Still happening, we're still stuck at home for the most part, which is good. Um, but a lot of other things are happening now, too. And one of the things that has gone on for the past few weeks are a bunch of um, people from TVs and movies um, coming out and starting to somewhat either censor their work or take it off streaming platforms altogether, mm-hmm. uh, including like TV shows like 30 Rock, Community, uh, movies like Gone with the Wind, where they're, um, I believe HBO Max took it off the platform for a while. I'm not sure if it's back on or not. Uh, so they can not re-edit the movie, but to put a disclaimer on in front. So they're going to... Put it back. Yes. Is that what I'm understanding? Okay, That's what With the disclaimer. With the disclaimer. But a lot of these TV episodes um, aren't going to come back. Aren't going to be on streaming okay. platforms anymore. Uh, episodes uh, that we actually like. And, and uh, one of them is uh, the community episode of Dungeons & Dragons. Hilarious episode. What's the issue with that one? I, I know. You really like... have to think about that one. Because we watched that episode quite a bit. It's hilarious. It is. It's a great episode. But but tell me. I mean, um, maybe I just... It didn't occur to me. That's all. Uh, well, Chang, the Chang character, dresses up as a dark elf. So he's got black makeup on his face. And surely one of the black characters on the show says, are we all just going to be quiet about the, um, the hate crime happening right now? And Chang responds, I'm a dark elf of blah, 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 blah. And he explains why he's wearing the black makeup. So they're okay. pulling that episode. They pulled that episode. Interesting. They pulled that episode, and they pulled another one I really enjoy from 30 Rock, the live episode, which is probably the funniest episode, not even for the part that they pulled it for. It was one of the sketches that they had during the live show. It included... Um, John Ham. John Ham, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the joke was like, yes, you couldn't have. Well, the joke was that they couldn't have more than one black actor on screen at a time, which, which is, is not a joke. That which is really isn't a joke. Yeah. That really was it. But a show like Thirty Rock points that out and makes fun of it, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So they cut that whole episode out too. 
and probably a few more throughout different series. I believe Tina Fey was even like, you know what, I've, I don't feel right about this anymore. I want this episode taken out. To which I think is fine. I don't like censorship at all. But at the same time, you can find these episodes on DVD and Blu-ray somewhere else. They're always going to be available to you on the internet. You just might have to search for them. But if an artist doesn't, I guess, doesn't want their work out there that portrays something like this, then that's their decision. But at the same time, though, it's already widely available. So if you want to find it, you can. Yeah. So I think it kind of works on both parts here. What, what do you think about that? So for those two episodes specifically, let me start with Community. The fact that he, that Chang does that and it's pointed out as racist, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't understand why that had to be censored because right. they made a point yes. that surely felt like this was racist. Yes. So I don't understand at the same time. I am also a white woman, mm-hmm. so I don't understand mm-hmm. if this really offended people, even when the racism was pointed out. Okay, mm-hmm. then if it really upsets you, if there's something that I don't understand about that, that insulted you in such a way that I can't possibly get, mm-hmm. then all right, fine. Um, but I, I, I'm against censorship as well mm. and mm. I do think this was an attempt to point out the racism of things like that same with 30 Rock the 30 Rock episode was a joke about Amos and Andy mm-hmm. which was I believe at least one man was white who dressed right. in blackface and they were condemning that you know that practice right yes uh, so again I'm against censoring it or completely taking it away for us to watch because I think the whole joke was, this is wrong. But, mm-hmm. again, white woman, if there's something that I don't understand about how insulting this is, I guess I'm glad it's gone. Mm-hmm. That's where I am about episodes like that. Right, yeah. Um, pretty much what you said, for the most yeah. part, yes. But, yet again, don't you think that's a slippery slope? Don't you think yes. when there could be... Um, rape victims and there's a rape joke in a show should we start taking those shows off if that's really hurting these people or pedophilia jokes or if there's like I, and then that's I, and that's that slippery slope i'm it's worried a slippery about slippery slope i agree and i don't I, I was watching surviving r kelly season two and talking <laughs> about Um, At the end of that season, they talk about what Dave Chappelle did in his bit about, I want to pee on you, blah, 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 and how rape victims just felt dehumanized and invalidated by that whole thing. Like, you just made this into a joke. And I think, deep down, Dave Chappelle's uh, motive was to bring a light to this and make us laugh about it, but at the end of the day... That's not what happened. It did yes. dehumanize victims. Yes. It isn't funny to watch. Um, so I don't know. You're right. It's a slippery slope. Um, I, I do think I, I'm against censorship. Let's just talk about this mm-hmm. instead. Let's let this spark conversation. Yes. The sad reality of it is that I'm, I'm afraid it won't. People will just be like, oh, it's funny to dehumanize women who are mm-hmm. peed on and raped and right. things like that. And that's... 
I don't believe that was the motive of the creators right. of these episodes. Yes. But unfortunately, it came that's how that they're way. taken. Right. Yeah. Um, there was talk of, of taking or taking down some Golden Girls episodes even. And the Golden Girls, I like the Golden Girls. I think they're hilarious. Yes, But at they the same are. time, they are... They, they, they fat shame s- each other they all slut the time. Shame, yeah, fat shame. <laughs> uh, but they do deal with some issues. There was they do. there isn't there is an episode where Blanche is celebrating her her Southern history, and she has like a um, a, a Southern general's gear on. She has a Confederate flag, mm-hmm. and Don Cheadle's in this episode. An early a young Don Cheadle. And he was offended by that, and they have a conversation about it. Right. And Blanche learned something. And then there was other episodes where um, I think Blanche's son was gay. Um, well, no, or, it's it's a, or, a oh my god, it's still Getty. Help me. It's Sophia's son. Sophia's son is uh, he is transgender. Yes. Uh-huh. And so they make jokes about him constantly through the entire series. Mm-hmm. They make jokes about him. Yeah. Or um, I think Dorothy's daughter was obese, and yeah. they had a they had a whole episode about her obesity. But they they, they spoke about it afterwards. She had like a a, a, a verbally abusive husband, mm-hmm. and I remember that episode when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in many years, but I remember that. Um, so yeah, um, where where does it um I mean like who? Who's the person to say, like, what's right, what's wrong, what's offensive, what's not offensive? I absolutely agree with you, especially with the Golden Girls episodes. Okay, they made jokes about Sophia's son as being transgender, and never did they have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. So that's not okay. Mm -hmm. But the Blanche episode that you mentioned, where they talk about the Confederacy Mm -hmm. uh, with Don Cheadle, that was a whole episode dedicated to having a conversation about it. So that... I think is unfortunate if you're yeah. going to censor that episode. Because dialogue is what we need right now. Conversation is what we mm-hmm. need right now. Um, satire, I think, is what we need right now. True. And while I don't think Dave Chappelle... I feel like maybe the Dave Chappelle bit can go away or at least be explained because there wasn't any conversation about that right, yeah. at the end. With the Golden Girls episodes or... Uh, with the community episode that you're talking mm-hmm. about, that sparked dialogue. Right. So yes. I don't know if I want those to go away. I, I don't think anything should go away. I believe right. that the whole problem is we forgot our history completely. Yes. And then when black people got mad, we were like, why? Everything's fine. Well, let's just take all this <laughs> not, stuff away. Maybe yeah. they'll be fine now. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. It's not fine at all. It's <laughs> no. not fine. This deserves dialogue. We all have to talk and understand and love each other. So, yeah, it, it's a slippery slope. It walks that fine line. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see going forward. I know this is going to change movies uh, for the better. It will. Um, I think and, so too. And I think uh, a lot of more movies are going to be made now, and dialogue is going to be opened up. I think there's going to be a lot less movies about, or in TV shows about police officers. I think also coming up pretty soon I'm hoping this is happening is that people start to point out other jobs not just Hollywood not just um, like in professional wrestling where there's icky gross abusive people Mm -hmm. I hope in medical care that 
higher ups, be it executives or doctors, are held accountable for their actions. I'm so glad that you said that because I work in medical accreditation. So I only work on that administrative side. But we had already been talking about diversity and inclusion. And when the civil unrest happened all around the country, it became a bigger conversation. And our CEO actually had all of our certified MDs take a, a, like a quiz to find out what's, what sort of bias they might have against different groups, marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. And they were all really surprised and disappointed at their results, but mm -hmm. also enlightened by their results. Like, I had no idea this is how I approached this human being. Yes. So I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that at least the medical field will change, but it will take little steps like that to right. change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope some of the people in operating rooms or yeah. around people of power will start sticking up for themselves and mm -hmm. will start making noise about this. Because it, this, I've seen it happen. I've seen doctors be complete fucking jagoffs in the operating room. And that's really not acceptable. I know you're the captain of the ship. You're, you're doing this. It's an intense thing. But you also have to remember you're, you're also dealing with not only the human life on your table. You're also dealing with the human lives that yeah. are there to help you and to you know make this person live. And that, that's the one thing that... In, in healthcare is always about the patient. They always come first, and it doesn't matter who the fuck they are. They should always come first. It doesn't yes. matter if you're a fucking skinhead. doesn't matter if you're... Jehovah's the biggest, Witness. doesn't matter. I will always help you out. Yeah. The problem with that is, and we're going <clears throat> off on a tangent outside right. of the movie world... It all connects. The yeah, the problem with that is, and you're right. It absolutely connects to the to the movie world. Why didn't you say anything? Because I wanted to, you know, climb up the ranks. Yeah, and I yeah. knew if I said something, my career was over. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of times I've climbed up the ranks for the last fifteen years in my organization. There are plenty of times that I have thought about saying something and standing my ground on something. I guarantee you. I wouldn't be here anymore mm -hmm. if I had done that. Yeah. I had to tread carefully. And that's the sad truth about people should speak up. Yes, mm. they should, but, it, but there's a cost to that. There's consequences yeah. to your good actions, yes. Because mm -hmm. those doctors have power. They, yes. they make the hospital money. They bring mm -hmm. in tons of money to hospitals. They're their main, main uh, income is the doctors, yeah. right? And we, I mean, hopefully, we just, we're an accrediting body for medical residencies and fellowships. We just added common program requirements about sexual harassment, diversity, inclusion. So in the past, when I would get calls from residents saying that they were fired for discrimination, there was nothing that I could do because those complaints had to tie to a program requirement that we just didn't have. Mm -hmm. Now, when they call and say, I was discriminated against for this reason, we can tie that directly to a program requirement that's been violated, and we can interview that doctor. We can interview the program director. Mm -hmm. So it's we're growing. Right. I think everyone is slowly growing and learning. I'm cautiously optimistic about that. I'm only using my job as an example. All right. Well, we will see. Well, um, now we had our little talk. Let's get into some movies. Yeah, uh, on a later note. minutes in, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... We should start with we rewatched Behind the Mask, the Leslie Vernon. Leslie Vernon, 
All I wrote was Leslie Vernon. I know that it's more than that. <laughs> but it's like, it starts off as a found footage, like documentary style following a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And the people who are following him think all of this is a joke. And Scott Wilson is in it too, as like right. a formal, yeah. former serial killer. And then suddenly, at the one hour mark, it becomes more like a movie. A, a, I'm going to say an hour and ten minutes. More, so it's just the end. So like the last 20, footage. 30 minutes yeah. are, is it, it becomes the movie that yeah. they were kind of making in their faux documentary. Right. And it's so, yeah, not it's documentary in, style anymore at that right, point. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, um, so yeah, there's this these college students, or not, I don't even know if they're college students, but it's like a, a news crew college student kind of thing. like a news crew, thing. older than college students. I, I, for, yeah. I missed the line, what they were speaking yeah. Um, they're just following around the serial killer and um, watching him do all this stuff, and it's funny. This is a funny movie if you you it like really horror is. movies. It, it, it's it's pretty funny. I think it's brilliant. Just mm-hmm. rewatching it, it's not just funny. There are so many tiny touches that they yes. remember <clears throat> about slasher movies, right. like. Uh, when Leslie Vernon, this is funny, but it's also important when he says, you have no idea how much cardio you have to yeah, do yeah, yeah, to yeah. look like you're walking slowly behind them. <laughs> yeah. You have to catch up and then not look like you're out of breath. So, and I'm sure most horror movie people have seen this movie. Yeah. And like it, and this is only my second time seeing it. Um, it's a fun time. I, I, I would funny. check this one out if you haven't yet. And I think this is definitely has become a staple of horror movies now. Is... I hope so. It's very funny. It's very, like, we know down to the minutia of slasher movies. Mm, yeah. We're going to put this all in this found footage movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, check that one out. It's been out for a while, but... uh <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. five years, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Um, next up, you want to talk about the Half in the Bag episode? No, I was just telling you earlier that there's a new one out and we can watch it. That's all. Okay. So, okay, next movie. Next movie, cut this out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I was keeping confused it by that. I don't know why. Like, why I have do we no want to idea. talk about Half in the Bag? I don't uh, get it. That's yeah. a YouTube show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have, but I just followed you blindly. All right. The next movie that we want to talk about is Beneath. Now, I stayed with my parents last week, and I made my parents, well, I didn't, I made my dad watch the Invisible Man. That's not what we're going to talk about because we've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. But okay. because we watched The Invisible Man and my dad was sure he was going to hate it and then he didn't, even though he wouldn't admit it, he was super into it. It wasn't in black and white and there was no bandages on the back. <laughs> That's why. If there was no, all no. that, he would have been fine. He had already decided that he wasn't going to like it. I know you did, Dad. I can mm. tell. You can't <laughs> lie to me. Anyway, after that, he understandably so, was like, let's watch something stupid. And I was like, yeah, let's watch something stupid because the Invisible Man, you know, it takes something from you. So we watched, he picked Beneath because the trailer is just this stupid-looking, bitey fish monster that looks super fake. It's And, and I'm still like, okay, <laughs> why? Like, why did your dad pick this movie? Like, why did he pick this movie when I'm around, well, you know? So I always got to watch, like, fucking... The, the gun smoker. Because, well, my mom had kept saying, I'll Perry watch a Mason. horror movie if you want to. We can watch a horror movie. And I was like, yeah, I don't think you'd like anything that I want to watch. <laughs> Except The Invisible Man, which she did like very much. Um, anyway, so we picked Beneath because we watched a trailer. And my dad loves Lake Placid because it's stupid and it doesn't take itself seriously. And Betty White's in it. Um, so he's like, let's watch Beneath, because it's kind of an alligator, but it's just this big, like, piranha that's piranha the size fish. of me. 
So, and it was just, it's not even a puppet. It's barely a puppet. It's just this big rubber thing that pops out of the water. So I was like, yeah, let's watch this dumb thing. Um, and we watched it. And my dad really thought that it was just silly and stupid. But I was actually intrigued. Like, I was into the whole thing. Because mm. it's way overacted. It's incredibly dramatic for what it is. But it's kind of compelling. And there's way more story to it than you think there will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cheesy camp. But you also sort of like a lot of the characters until you completely don't. And then their motivations are all out of whack and... Uh, spoiler, everybody dies. And then <laughs> we get to the credits, and it's written, produced, and directed by Larry Fassenden. Yep. And so I was like, that's why I didn't think it was completely stupid. I actually had some fun, even though I wasn't sure, like, did was this a joke, or was he taking this seriously? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But hmm. now I kind of want to watch more Larry Fassenden movies. Yeah, he's got a ton of them. Because so. it was more than I expected it to be. It's still cheesy camp. The special effects are really terrible. I mean, really terrible. That, well, they're not CGI, are they? Oh, or? God, no. No, oh, it's good. practical well, effects. It's no, all practical effects. Practical it's CGI. just this rubber, like, pretend you had a rubber piranha that was huge. Yeah. And it just pops out of the water. Like, the mouth doesn't really move. Ah, okay. Okay. I got you. Uh, But yeah, Beneath. Check it out. I think we watched it on, we must have watched it on Prime, because we were still, we rented The Invisible Man, and that was on Prime, so. Beneath. Beneath. Check it out. It's, there, if you want way more story than you were bargaining for, when you thought you were just watching a stupid piranha movie, you're going to get it. It's, It's very dramatic. And then next up, do you have any movies that you want to talk about? These are all I mine. do, but yeah, I'm going to okay. let you get through no, you uh, your go. next one. You're, you do yours. Well, I just, I watched the um, third movie in a Japanese gangster trilogy called Outrage. And uh-huh. this one's name is Outrage Coda. And um, it's a continuation of like the Japanese mafia with uh, Takeshi Katano, who directs and and he directs and he stars in all the movie in all three of the movies he's like kind of like a lower level gangster actually you know he reminds me more of let's say do you remember donnie brasco yeah where um the al pacino character in there he's kind of a lower level mid to lower level kind of gangster doesn't mm-hmm. get much respect well with the beat takeshi's role in this movie and in, in these trio of movies is like that in a way but he's a maniac okay. and he he he's never going to rise up the ranks not because he's he's a, a schlub is that he's just nuts and he doesn't give a fuck and like if someone sets him off he's going to go take him down so like in the first movie first and second movie which I need to rewatch again which are still probably good it's uh, outrage then beyond outrage then outrage codem uh, but this third one he's still alive and he's kind of been um, the Beat Takeshi character has been uh, exiled from uh, Japan, so he's living in Korea uh, with like a Chinese mob out there, and he's running like strip clubs and stuff. And one of his guys gets killed by the yakuza, and then everything starts to go wrong. Like the head yakuza and everything are, are there's problems there, and it's kind of been the whole theme of this whole series, which I kind of figure it to be. Um, 
is somewhat of a satirical comedy of Yakuza and how and how like they're uh, just as petty and full of shit as everyone else mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, it, it's almost it's almost kind of like a spoof in a way but there's lots of violence and, right um, and if you've seen Beat Takeshi's movies you know they're somewhat slower moving they aren't as fast paced um, shit will happen just out of the blue sometimes and for shocking reasons but it was still a good movie, not as good as the other two, which I need to watch again, and which I might just do a trilogy of them, because they're really good movies. I like his films anyway. And with these newer ones, it's a little more upbeat in a way. The like, the tone is a little more upbeat, and um, it's just not as dry as his other films. Okay. So, yeah, they're cool. I The first two are on Shudder, and then the third one is on Prime right now. So I, I would recommend watching all of them if you like gangster movies or if you like beat Takeshi movies. Then, uh, yeah, check check those out. They're, they're, they're a cool watch. Subtitles, of course. But, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. All right. Uh, your next movie is The Assistant, which I didn't watch. Yeah, the next movie is The Assistant, which my dad was so against watching The Invisible Man. Uh-huh. That he settled on the assistant because we watched the trailer and it looks like a thriller. Uh-huh. And so he was uh-huh. like, okay, we'll watch this. Um, he did not like it at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were saying that they, your parents were pretty much talking through this whole yeah. movie anyway. So the problem is the trailer. Mm-hmm. The trailer looks like a thriller. Mm-hmm. It, that's not what it is. Right. This is a slice of life, day in the life of an assistant who clearly works for a movie producer like a Harvey Weinstein type uh-huh. movie producer. She's working overtime. She's separated from her friends and family. Um, she starts to notice odd things happening in the office. Mm-hmm. It's very quiet. Everything is focused on her. There, He has two other assistants, two other male assistants, who whenever she does a certain thing, they, they'll write an email for her, like, this is how you apologize to him for what you mm-hmm. did. Um, she ends up going to HR and quietly kind of revealing the small things that she's seen. Like, there was a woman who was really upset in the bathroom. There was an earring on the floor next to uh, the casting couch mm-hmm. in his office. And a woman came back to collect that earring. Um, little tiny things, noises that she hears. The fact that he hired another assistant who was just a waitress before and lived in BFE nowhere, and Mm -hmm. he moved her into this beautiful hotel to start as an assistant in a job that she's never had before. So she's complaining to HR about it, and I don't want to give away that scene because that is easily the best scene in the entire movie. You never meet the Harvey Weinstein Mm -hmm. producer. You only see what he has emailed to her. You only see her reactions to things, Mm -hmm. and you only see what the HR person says to her. It's really, really good. But if you're mm-hmm. expecting a thriller, yeah. you're not going to get it. That's not what this is. This is very, very quiet. Her point of view. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Nothing. Right. Yeah. Because you want to climb the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I did spoil the end. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not like anyone saw this fucking movie. Yeah, anyway. nobody saw it. It got two stars on... Prime, which is a shame because it's very good. (laughs) And I really think it's the trailer that's misleading to this movie. Uh, So yeah, The Assistant. Check it out. It's got Julia Garner from 
uh, Ozark. Yep. She's excellent. She is not Ruth from Ozark at all. Good, good. Um, it's a great movie. But if you're looking for a trailer, if you're looking for a thriller, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Look for a very quiet movie where not a whole lot happens, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate reality that we live in right now. Yeah, yeah. not much happens, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, there's your that. last thing. Finally, there's you don't have another one you want to talk no, about? No, no, I'm okay. all done. I just wanted to bring up The Last of Us Part 2 because now I have officially played through it twice. <laughs> it is the best game that I have ever played in my life. Um, story-wise, uh, visually, it's it's beautiful. The story is the best story that I've ever heard. I'm going to give a minor spoiler. So if you really don't want to know any spoilers, and you know the spoiler, because mm-hmm. Larry hasn't played it yet. You knew the spoiler before I did. Right. So at a certain point, Ellie is seeking revenge on a single person. At a certain point in the game, you start playing as that person mm-hmm. that Ellie is seeking revenge on. You get right. to see her entire story. Um, I found out Laura Bailey is the name of, is the name of the voice actor who plays Abby, who is the other person, the so-called villain. Mm -hmm. Apparently she's getting death threats because misogynist gamers hate this storyline so much. Or I guess because Joel, I won't You can't say anything else. I'm sorry. I told you not to talk about it. (laughs) You didn't tell me not to talk about it. She's getting death threats on Twitter. She had to delete her Twitter because she's getting death threats. And I have exactly four reasons that she's getting these death threats, and I can't say them because Larry <laughs> claims he told me not to talk about it. He did not. He said it was fine. fine. But I can't tell you any of the four things. Please play the game. It's the best storyline that I've ever seen in a video game. I'm sure that part of the problem was that there are two female pro- protagonists, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Just those two. And Abby, the so-called villain, is built like a fucking tank. Like, move over Michelle Obama's arms. You've got to see Abby's arms. And she fights like a fucking tank, too. Good. It's awesome. And she got death threats on Twitter, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. There's a lot of chuckleheads out there in this world. Yeah. Just, yeah. Worse than chuckleheads. Scumbag misogynists. Best game I've ever played. Check it out. Last of Us 2. All right, that about does it for our movies. Now we will go to our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the John Frankenheimer version of Island of Dr. Moreau. This is Jessalyn's pick, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the mic for a second and tell me, <laughs> and you, you can tell us, uh, to tell me and, and the rest of our audience why you picked this movie okay. this week. So I'm gonna try not to shriek. I think I've calmed down since it happened, but I told my mom that Val Kimmer has a book. I haven't read it yet. My mom downloaded on downloaded it on Audible, and she got to chapter eleven. I'm your Huckleberry. That's what it's called. In chapter eleven. <laughs> He talks about real genius. Now, 
We've already had an episode of Real Genius. It's episode 70 of our podcast where I had my friend Grace come on and we talked about meeting Val Kilmer at a Comic-Con and we both had custom-made t-shirts. Mine was <laughs> Surf Nicaragua. Hers was uh, the International Order of Gorillas. It looked exactly like the t-shirts that Val wore in that movie. <laughs> and so I told the whole story. We walked up. Val freaked out about the International Order of Gorillas. He took a picture of Grace on his phone. He stole one of the we went to have a photo op with him and he was like jimmy jimmy take a picture for me i gotta send this to my brother and then when we went to get the pictures there was one missing so we had to have another one printed for us it's a whole big thing i met sean astin whatever anyway we talk about it on that episode my mom starts to play part of chapter 11 of his book and he mentions now he keeps it general but i guarantee that Grace was the only one who had an International Order of Gorillas t-shirt. <laughs> so he mentioned seeing a surf Nicaragua. He said, at decades later at Comic-Cons, he said, I would see mm-hmm. custom-made t-shirts from Real Genius, International Order of Gorillas, and Surf Nicaragua. That was fucking us. Yep. Read his book. Read his book. I shrieked once. So my mom made me listen to that. I started screaming. My mom started gre- screaming. Grace started screaming. It was amazing. So... I was on such a high of that from that. I knew this was my episode. So I was like, okay, what do I want to watch? We already did Real Genius. There are lots of other, like, legit good Val Kilmer movies. But I decided I wanted to do The Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, this movie really isn't all that horrible. It's really not that bad. It's not horrible. Yeah. Okay, so I, I do just want to focus on the movie itself for yeah. this whole thing. Because we did... A few years ago, uh, well, quite a while ago, ago now, uh, I remember hearing about this movie coming out, this documentary about the island Dr. Moreau and how Richard Stanley, the, Richard, uh, the original director of the movie, um, had been let go and there was this whole different version that was supposed to come out. Then years went by and then, you know, uh, the movie came finally came out and I was like, oh, awesome, I get to... I love these kind of documentaries about mm-hmm. filmmaking. So it was it was a good documentary, and then uh, we watched it again right after we watched the movie. So they tell you a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that happened. If you want to learn all about that stuff, watch, um, was it Lost? Um, shit, I forgot the name of it. Um, I can't help you. You have to remember. I know, it's, it's the documentary about the island of Dr. Moreau. Lost Souls. Lost Souls. Well, the, yeah, Since we exactly. can't talk about the documentary, even though it's my episode, that's fine. Well, I would rather just talk about the movie <laughs> Let's itself. Let's talk about the movie. You know, not like the background <laughs> shit that happened. Yeah. I would like to, you know, because I can do that for every movie. I can be like, well, right. you know, at the end of the uh, the, the Rocketeer, you know. It's <laughs> a very interesting yeah. documentary. It is. It does not portray Val in the best light. It doesn't portray many people in a very good light. <laughs> or Marlon Brando, but we all knew like, that. Marlon Brando, yeah. the director, the little shitty dude, a little <laughs> midget guy um but yes um so let, let, let's head into it here the island of dr moreau was originally a, a book then it was made into several movies and then finally in the 90s it was made again um which you know I, it, it's over like stop, don't ever make this movie again unless you have like alligator people in it yeah too. i don't know i sort of disagree i feel like this movie can be made again and made well mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it yet well maybe all. yeah well maybe this is one of those times where a movie 
should be remade because it isn't all that great. Yeah. And has potential to be great. Mm-hmm. And this movie, it, it does. I'll give it that. It, this kind of movie or this concept mm-hmm. can be... If it was done, it was it was done well. Then yeah, I, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I would love to see a, an animal full of of humanoid creatures running around. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the premise of the movie too. Is that there's a doctor, he's able to make humanoid beasts. He's doing like gene science. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like if you look yeah. at Grace's listening, yeah, like, gene science. Gene that's, science. Good job, Jessalyn. Gene great. science. That's, I don't know science. Genealogy, maybe. But that he. Uh, has moved to an island because everybody's upset at the scientific experiments that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he continues to do them there. Yeah. Right. Um, we have a um, David Thewlis, who plays Douglas, is stranded in the ocean and he's picked up by uh, Val Kilmer, who plays Montgomery mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, and Val Kilmer, he does not look like he wants to be here at all in this movie. But he's also the funniest part, too. So. He is. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get yeah. to some of his funny parts. I do want to say a little about that, but yeah. Um, he picks him up, takes him to this island, and um, talks about Moreau, and um, then that's when the David Thewlis character, Douglas, starts to see all the different humanoids on this island. Mm-hmm. Uh, hyena people, a Meets ram man. who I've also met at a Cat Comic-Con. lady, um... Yeah, there's just all these different creatures on this island. And it's just, this is just a movie about uh, humanity. What makes a human a human? Does yes. it matter if they have whiskers or if they're just uh, just a, a fucking asshole, you know? It, yeah. It, it, that's, it, it all, it's all up to the, uh, to the person. Yeah, like and that concept, I think, is always an interesting one. Mm-hmm. What makes you human? And that concept could have been done very well. It just hasn't been yet mm-hmm. in the Island of Dr. Moreau universe. And that's not really... It's it, it's not conveyed very well in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And that's I one know. of the big I mean, problems. you get it. It's yeah. just so silly yes. that you can't take it seriously. Yeah. And, um, all right, so let's start talking about some of the characters. Because um, we gave you the gist of the movie, yeah. what happens. Um, all right, we'll start out with Marlon Brando in this movie. <laughs> Now, I am certain that this is where Mini-Me came from. Absolutely. In the Austin Powers movie. It had to be. Because even Mike Myers has said, like, yeah, that's where I have got the, mm-hmm. the, the Mini-Me from was from the island of Dr. Moreau. So our, 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 uh, our Moreau character, played by Marlon Brando, is um, he's all donned in white through this movie. He puts white makeup on his face because he gets hot very quickly or he's allergic to the he sun. He says he's allergic to the sun. And yeah. he talks about it on quite a few occasions about how he just hates the heat. It was like watching a movie starring my grandmother in it. <laughs> I swear to God. It, that's Only what it was Marlon like. Brando was actually way more of a diva than he Yeah, my grandmother. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Grandma's not a diva, to right. be clear. And he had his little mini-me with him and everything. And there's that character. Uh, David Thewlis, uh, I think he was miscast in this role. Totally. Or maybe this character... I, I didn't like this character at all in this movie. They he needed to be anything to do. Or they needed more of a leading man. Yeah. And he's not a leading man he's in this not. kind of movie. I like David Thewlis, though. Me too. I like um, liked him in uh, the Harry Potter movies. The Big Lebowski. Yeah, he's giggling. He has some great roles. Um, the Omen remake yeah. he did. 
Uh, he's done some really good roles. Uh, this one is not one of his finest. There's, uh, it, it's just you can't get behind this guy ever in this movie. You have no real good protagonist, or what even defines a protagonist in this movie because it shifts. You know, yes. or do you root for the David Thewlis character? Do you root for the hyena character? Do you root for the cheetah or whoever the fuck? Do you root for the Feruza Bulk character? Feruza Bulk, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, and anyway, uh, you really have no one to root for. Uh, Val Kilmer in this movie, um, <laughs> he plays it, uh, I think it's, it was written more of like a hippie-ish character yeah. in a way. And yeah, he's it, he's more of like a, a careless dude. And he's kind of, like, fucking with people the whole time. With the animals. He's with very the, callous about the humanoid right. animals. Yeah. Which he ends up getting them guns and getting them to the position where they are in this movie. He can be somewhat viewed as the antagonist in a way. Because he's the one who, who brought forth many uh, of the problems that will exist eventually in this island even though the things that were done by Dr. Moreau were wrong anyway it just seems like he is more of the catalyst in of, of the plot and our, our climax of the movie here but he does that are we skipping to the we're just talking serum? about characters okay. right now when he starts well let's then let's skip to when all right uh, Dr. Moreau dies, and he dies halfway mm -hmm. through the book. That's not a spoiler. Right. He, he gets killed by the animals that he, uh, or, or the humanoids yeah. that he's created when he can't control them anymore. They, ri they rise up and kill him. Right, because so. he, he implants them with, like, a shock, in an inside shock collar, I want to say, to where he's able to control the animals mm -hmm. by buzzing them. So, Val Kimmer is seemingly upset by this at first, and then he dresses up just like Dr. Moreau. And he starts talking like Marlon Brando. And it's eerily accurate. It it's is, yeah. Silly, it's silly, but it's yeah. very close to how Marlon Brando sounds, especially in this movie. And then it seems like it, part of you thinks maybe he's an advocate for anarchy mm. because he just starts throwing the serum out he, yeah, while he he's like quoting Dr. Moreau and saying really weird, like, oh, if I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he also seems to want to control... Now, you know what? I don't think he wants to control them. I think he was advocating anarchy on yeah, the island. Yeah, I really absolutely. think that's, that's what, what he was doing. doing. By yeah. killing some of the rabbits, yeah. by eating meat in front of uh, Dr. Yeah. Moreau at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. and He's not about that at all. So, um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, Fru is a Balt character. She plays the cat lady. In mm -hmm. it. Um Marlon Brando, uh, Dr. Moreau's favorite daughter. Right. Probably because she's beautiful and she doesn't mm. look like a half man, half hyena. Right. She looks like a human woman. Right. She isn't given all that much to do either in this movie. No. She's, uh, this movie seems very incomplete in ways. Yes. It seems like there should have been a lot more going on in here. Uh, still not a complete mess of a fucking movie. I've seen way worse. Right. We got um, uh, Tamora Morrison who, um, he was Django Fett's, he mm -hmm. once for Warriors, where he got his first start, really, if I can remember correctly, uh, Aquaman, tons of movies Aquaman's he's in. Aquaman's dad, yeah. Right, yeah, great actor, um, he plays, uh, Azello, one of the, uh, one of Marlon Brand, uh, Moreau's sons, or top guys, yeah. who, um, somewhat portrays him towards the end of the movie kind of but kind of just sees his opportunity 
Um, who else we got? Oh, we got Ron Perlman's in there as like the Ram Man looking guy. Yeah. Um, Sayer of the Law. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He uh, it looks like he's the blind Ram dude. They make him look way smaller than Ron yeah, Perlman. Yeah, he is. does. How did they Maybe do there was that? just a bunch of big people. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Mark Dacascas, who pops up and shit every once in a while, and he's actually better now than when he used to be, like, in shitty B-movies. Mm-hmm. And now he's showing up in, like, John Wick movies. Uh, but he plays, like, this, uh, I want to, like, cheetah-ish kind of person, Lomai. I didn't even know that was him until I just looked right now. So it's... Yeah, He's I a very physical kung fu kind of actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a bunch of just other spuds walking around <laughs> heavy makeup on i feel like the the practical effects are pretty good they're really really good, good for 1996 stan winston yeah, yeah. they're stan winston mm-hmm. of course they're gonna be great the hyena looks great i mean mm-hmm. the facial expressions when the hyena comes to this realization of you know that he needs to re- revolt that he needs mm-hmm. to be free it's amazing that that sort of makeup can allow him to emote the way he can yes. yeah so yeah the, the makeup effects are really cool in this movie um, Plot-wise and everything, I just think it was watered down a bit from what it could be. And I think this could have been a good movie. It seems like a lot is missing. And they were just like, it's been four years. We have to cut it together. Do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, I somewhat recommend this movie. Me too. Oh, I wholeheartedly recommend this movie. Mm, Don't expect a good movie. No, no, no. But see it. But see it, see it for the effects, see it for Brando on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to watch, even though if you watch Lost Souls, you know, he was, he hurt the production along with a lot of other people, along with Val Kilmer too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val Kilmer's funny in this movie, even though he just does not want to be there at all. It's so clear. He's sort of phoning it in until he starts impersonating Marlon Brando. Yeah. I don't know, then it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, yeah, you say you recommend it, I say somewhat. Um, Check yeah, it out. Why not? Who cares? I rented it for $2 on Prime. Do it. You probably buy the DVD for less than yeah. that. So. <laughs> All right, well, um, that about does it for us this week. We'll be back next week. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm still kind of figuring it out. But we will be back. We will be. We'll but, be back. Yes. All right, everyone have a safe week, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.